Ragtag Bambula, the name of the song, and as Dizzy Gillespie said, to start this off, playing an instrument as a form of worship. And with music, I'm worshiping every day. I'm Greg Bridges with you, keeping you company from now until the hour of 10 o'clock. It's uh, the birth date of Fela Kuti, well known for his music, well known for his activism, and a brother who managed to bring both of them together to speak politically through music that also made you dance well coming up this friday is the event called melanated music is the future is the weapon of the future a concert honoring Fela's legacy of musical activism featuring a host of musicians and activists and it's a pleasure for me tonight to have a couple of them here in studio with me for Transitions on Traditions. I'm speaking of a sister well-known throughout this community for her work as an educator and activist and the way she incorporates activism in music. And I'm speaking of Sister Sister Amina. And uh, also with us tonight, a brother who, man... When you talk about music and activism, he's right there at the front. Um, Became known to folks through the groundbreaking group Public Enemy and has since become known for not only his own music, but also different workshops that he's hosted and uh, different means of education that he has done. And I'm speaking of Professor Griff. Gives me a good pleasure to welcome both of you to Transitions on Traditions tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you doing, sis? I'm doing Beautiful. Okay. Magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fela is the theme. Melanated music is the weapon of the future. And you have both, throughout your music careers, um, found ways to use music as a weapon, use music as a tool of education. Um, talk to us about the legacy of Fela and how Fela's music affected both of you at the time you started in music and how it continues to affect and speak to you today. You want to start or you would like me to? Uh, you know, I, I got to <laughs> give it to you. I have, come you on now. Coin. <laughs> you know, when I, when I first um, became aware of Fela Kute, it was one of those kind of situations where um, I was ex- uh, trying to, you know, search and find what kind of music that would best um, serve uh, the overall purpose and my overall purpose was to use music as a vehicle to transport um positive vibration and ideas um use music to transport uh, a message by the time i got by the time i went through all of those groups that i thought and and they were um that, that that spoke to that particular thing i was searching for um i bumped into fela probably about six or seven times at a radio station just like this, a community radio station, WRFG. And there were some brothers, man, that was just, like, putting it on me. And then, um, and I was like, okay, I'll check it out. I'll check out a song or two. But it was like, uh, okay, then right. the next brother, then the next sister. And I said, wait a minute. Let me stop and stop trying to get around it and kind of dive uh, deep into it. Um, watching a documentary or two, uh, attending a couple of um, events, um, then and only then, I found out the depth of of the man's activism, along with his his his, his music, and I think eighteen wives or something, but which is beautiful. Twenty seven. <laughs> Twenty seven. <laughs> <laughs> missed a few. You I know, a few. right? <laughs> but that but that's a beautiful thing, simply because um, there's a couple of artists today that remind um, Childish Gambino, 
Um, just unhandcuffed, unbridled, free to express yourself however you want to express yourself. I told the audience the other night, um, matter of fact, I was at the radio station. I said, yes, I'm going to come back and start producing the music that feels good to me. And even if 10 people listen to it, I'm going to satisfy them 10 people. <laughs> you know? But for Fela, but Fela said music is a weapon and um, use it to uh, to counteract some of the attacks and the assault on him personally, his family, tribe, his mission, um, and his music. Yeah, this was a brother who um, definitely put a lot on the line yeah. with uh, mm-hmm. with things that he was saying in his music. You know, things against the way the... Um, corrupt government of Nigeria was was right. handling people at the time mm-hmm. you know um, not only put his life on the line but you know his mother's life right. was, was taken yeah. because of her outspokenness yeah. and by being outspoken I don't mean that they were saying anything wrong you know I mean they, they were talking righteous and talking about how the government should be righteous to the people what are some of the um, when it comes to putting it on the line, mm. how have you seen that come through in in what you do musically? Uh, you know, both of you, Professor Griff and Sister Amina. Well, I think it's revolutionary for for women and just in general to speak up and speak out and say what they and say what they say. Um, several times in my career, I've kind of uh, had a platform. Um, for for women to do whatever, that's how we met. Yeah, as a matter of fact, <laughs> I think she was doing ghetto the goddess. Yeah, which I thought was a beautiful concept. I'm like, well, where are you doing it at? And it's like in, in in conversation, I'm like, okay, I'm doing the thing over here at the cafe. Come on, do you understand what I'm saying? Um, but just the mere fact of women speaking up and speaking out. Um, I was studying today some of the sisters, the first black women in rock. Mm. Sister Rosetta, like, right? Sister Rosetta like, Thorpe, right? Wow. I was like, okay, um, overcoat, the dress, yeah. just picked up the axe and started, right. <laughs> and started doing it. But the revolutionary work um, and putting it all on the line, so to speak, in the time where everybody was talking about the acquisition of wealth and you know uh, getting paid and that kind of thing in the music industry, Public Enemy came along and spoke everything against the grain mm-hmm. and says, nah, this is, this is what we need to say and how we need to say it, and we risk it all. We said early on right. that if we end up in jail or dead, that's cool as long as we uh, raise the vibrational pitch of the masses of the people. And this is what we um, have attempted to do. So you talk about putting it on all on the line. House burned down, mm. been poisoned, shot at a few times. And mm. yeah, so you're talking about putting it all on the line. That I have. I've lived that. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not a bumper sticker saying or a T-shirt for me. You understand what I'm saying? Still right. living that. Right, Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's real talk. I would say, uh, for me, I think this moment is very full circle, especially having Professor Griff here, because as he alluded to, he is really who gave me my start in music, in just speaking to the people. He gave me my first lecture. Was that 2012? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the yeah. day that Whitney Houston was passing, yeah. uh, February 11th or February 12th, 2012. That was my first lecture. And at that time, I had like a hidden kind of love for music. I was still trying to find myself as an artist, but really getting introduced uh, to Fela through Brother Tenicio, who is somebody else that we're right. connected to in Atlanta. Right. Shouts out to DJ Fist World. He's actually going to be here in town for the event. Uh, he really introduced me to right. Fela's music 
And then being able to really see the play, Fela, and getting introduced to Sandra mm-hmm. Isidore, who is an African-American sister who Fela connected with when he came to the States for the first time uh, back in the 60s. And she gave him so many books like Malcolm X's autobiography right. that opened his mind up. So in that play, for people who saw the play, she was the main character besides him and his mom. Wow. It was the sister Sandra Isidore. So through Brother Tenicio, getting connected with her and hearing from her firsthand just about Fela's legacy and then really starting to hear his music and going to the Felebration events right. and just really feeling the power and just something in my spirit got opened up and from that journey I, I met Sandra Isidore I met his son Femi I met Sheun and then next thing I know I found myself on stage performing with his protege Dede mm-hmm. Mabiaku and that's what got me started in music literally mm-hmm. is being introduced to not just his music and his legacy but also so many people that were connected to him started to right. influence my life and then at that time especially when me and Professor Griff got connected I was a full time Pan-Africanist mm-hmm. you know of just you know trying to be doing stuff at helpful right. essence for right. whoever got a community offering and right. you know just making things happen the best way we could and I realized that music was one of the most powerful ways in African culture and black culture period to really be able to convey messages and so that's how I personally started focusing on music and developing myself as an artist and then just really seeing that people glorify Fela because they love the sound but when you really look at the the life that he lived not many people really want to live that life because right. it's not pretty right. like a professor Griff, right. people may see him and they see all his lectures and his legacy and you're in the rock and roll hall of fame right. but they don't want to go through getting their house burned exactly. down getting people you know putting their address online and, and right. having hits on his life and and really going through things whereas myself as an educator like a lot of stuff i'm not gonna post I'm not going to post about how school districts try to deal with me. I'm not going to post on the different levels of trauma and just people who there's kind of a trend now, too, of a lot of artists who want to look like they're activists and want to mm. hop on hashtags when they're trending. They want to speak out right. when Nike's doing a campaign or like when Colin Kaepernick's taking a knee and when things are trendy. But when things aren't trendy, they have nothing to say. Right. And so that also is something that I'm seeing in the, the musical game um, that people are not wanting to really get down in the trenches and really be with the people and that's uh, a big inspiration for me doing this event is just to bring it back to the basics like we're not going to just put on some face paint and some African print and say oh we're celebrating Fela like that's not what it's about it's about what are you doing how are you speaking to what's happening today and and how are you really celebrating Fela you know I mean as you mentioned People will hear the music and they'll dance and pop and party to it. But to know his life and to know sacrifice, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are people who will step away from that. It's it's easy to be a a cyber activist. (laughs) (laughs) But this Friday night is the is the uh, the event. Friday night, October 18th, 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. Melanated music is the weapon of the future. Imina Edutainment and E360 West present that. So big up to you, Sister Imina. Thank you. Big up, Um, Brother Jamal. Also, E360 West. Right, right. All right. Um, The night kicks off with a lecture called State of the Game by Professor Grift. Um, Tell us a bit about this lecture and exactly the state of which game you speak. (laughs) (laughs) Well, since we're talking about music and music is a universal language and 
Fela Kuti had the the revolutionary gall to to fight back and to strike back and to speak out um, against some of the same people that may have paid his tab, hmm. which is which is a critical thing. I mean, right. truth is truth. You understand what I'm saying? Some people have told me that truth out of season is a lie. Mm. I said, y'all better keep that on a bumper sticker somewhere, man, because when you are constantly being assaulted, uh, well, I, well, before I have to ask though, how could truth be out of season? Thank you. <laughs> Facts. This is what they put on, but they put on me. If I wouldn't have said what I said back in '89, then maybe X, Y, and Z. I said, no, I was right on time. We're not going to get into that, but the whole idea of keeping your finger on the pulse of what's going on in an industry that was made and created and centered around black music that we don't control is a dynamic in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So the game that's being played, and when I say, when I called it the state of the game, the state of your mind, state of the condition that hip-hop is in, uh, the, the state of... of um, where, where are we at with the whole idea of having to interact with the whole digital realm now? Um, before, radio stations used to be filled with nothing but records. Right, now we right. got CDs. Well, yeah. now you find a lot of stations that don't even have that. Exactly. Their That's where I was going. Or, right. You know, it's, now, it's extra, now it's an extra right. computer sitting over there with files in it. Right. So how do we interact with that? How does that resonate with our, 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 um, our chakras? And our energy, our auric field. How does that interact with us? So when we hear the digitized Fela, how do young people move to that? You understand what I'm saying? Right. Wait a minute, as opposed to the live being there. Right. You understand what I'm saying? And, and experiencing it. So um, it's a critical thing when you have to put together a hundred slides to show people. And then you have to tell people so they can synthesize both see it and hear it. And then you have to play some songs to get them to understand. Now, listen, this is where we were mm-hmm. organically, and this is where and this is where we are. But we don't need to stay here. All right, the information that we're um, that we're putting through the lecture and through the music and through the celebration and and through the events, we're passing it on to that next generation. But the question is, what will they do with it in the state that they're in? Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Indeed, indeed. So, so we have to understand that, and we have to take a serious look and a very Vib- vigorous approach, I should say, to the whole idea of getting our music back. Hip-hop is higher infinite power healing our people. It's higher infinite power healing our people. It was ours in the first place. We laid out the basics and the fundamental framework for hip-hop based on right. the fundamental elements of the universe. That's natural. It's organic. It's ours. Um, hip-hop is something that, you know, we are. Rap and other stuff is something that we do. Hmm. You understand what I'm right, saying? Right. Facts. So, so we have to understand this particular dynamic and get up the next generation coming up behind us to understand it. The whole idea was the last time you interviewed any of these artists of today. It, crickets. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, actually, I'm thinking about wh- which genre are you speaking at because you know they're the the jazz cats who I talk with, and there's some young cats today who are up, you know, coming up and doing things right. and and actually making statements in their music and taking it further than. I'll tell you when you, when you use the phrase jazz, most people think about what what the music sounded like in 1965, okay. you know, or 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 before that. Um, but there are musicians today who are in, who 
come from a different generation who are incorporating what they're hearing in their generation. They're incorporating, you know, right. elements of hip hop. They're incorporating okay. elements of R&B. They're incorporating samples of Professor Giff and P.E. Mm. in you know, what would be called a right. jazz recording. Right. So those artists I'm hearing from. Right. But I hear what you're saying because there are a lot of other artists that are on the the um, the more co- commercial realm that not only am I not hearing from, I'm not really hearing what they're saying. No. You know? There's a lot of canvases out. A lot of people are classified as artists, but I personally call them canvases because mm. if you're an artist, you're creating. A canvas is something that's being created on. Right. So wow. there is a huge epidemic of people that are being created on, and that's really what, especially in the mass stream, which is unfortunately the polluted mainstream, so many people are just getting packaged and geared and and people don't even understand what they're getting and then people Mm. are just getting a lot of elements that real artists bring but it's being packaged in this other thing that these canvases are now representing and it it is taking things in in a whole other direction so so you so the whole idea of, of jazz it speaks to the fact that if you're going to be a jazz artist you have to know music theory you gotta go into that because, you know, the people that preceded you, you say, okay, you're standing on their shoulders and you have a level of respect for it because you study it and you become a student of it. Today, if you got a computer with Fruity Loops and a microphone, <laughs> man, in. You know, but, but I, was, I was just about to ask, that shouldn't that be the same for any genre of music Thank that you. you're in? I mean, yeah. if you're in what's called R&B, shouldn't you have known what Sam Cooke did, you know, yes. or what Ray Charles, who were both architects of the music, exactly. you know, mm-hmm. the foundation of, of what's considered R&B, you know, right. shouldn't you know... Um, you know, Aretha Franklin just passed, you know, but there are a lot of people that didn't know Aretha beyond respect or, you right. know, shouldn't you know that theory as a part of your education as a musician, regardless of what genre you're in? Right. We we talked about the disappearing of the wax, the black melanated wax that carried those that vibration mm-hmm. to a stale mm-hmm. CD and now just to a digital piece of whatever that you don't even touch that you can't touch so the disconnect is even there with the technology you you understand what i'm saying music classes in the schools don't exist nope so the question now becomes to all of us where where these young people going to get the theory from Mm -hmm. because when we were coming up you could pick up an album and read the credits right who wrote what who produced what what artists featured who and on what album and we had that and at least it was a start. It was a reference point. Like you and I talked about um, uh, the, the Donald Bird and the, the Donald Black Bird, Birds, right, 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 and the Blackbirds. And it's like I had a reference point to even have that conversation in 2018 with you. Mm-hmm. And that was years ago my, that my brother hit me to these these artists. But where are the young people going to get it today? You understand what I'm saying? I do. If someone doesn't make the sacrifice that Phelan made in order to pass it forward. The voice of our guest tonight, Professor Griff and Sister Imina in-house talking about melanated music is the weapon of the future. That's happening this Friday, October 19th, 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. at the Uptown Nightclub, 1928 Telegraph Avenue in Oakland. Sister Imina, it looked like you brought together a, an outstanding crew of musicians. Um, tell us about some of the folks who are going to be there. 
Uh, well, one, this is definitely working on divine will. Um, and the universe really brought everyone together. So, so thankful that Professor Griff, his beautiful wife, were able to be in town for this event. <laughs> um, and I also, it's like a almost an Atlanta reunion because I have Professor Griff on it. I have uh, DJ Fifth World from Atlanta who's also just happening to be in town during this time. Uh, I have a longtime wow. KPFA resident veteran, Davey D, going to be spinning for us, representing. Wow. And some of the artists, um, some of my my very good friends that actually just moved here from Atlanta, <laughs> Ogunlano Music. Uh, they're oh, going wow. to come. They're a beautiful husband and wife duo. They are uh, Ifa, Orisha, priests and priestesses. Um, Oba Odun just was crowned a very high spiritual king priest in Nigeria. So they're coming to really represent the culture and the traditions and, and really uh, representing that Oyotunji village legacy as well as just born again Africans coming here. Also have my brother Madiu Juf, um, who he is a second generation uh, Jembe Fola, but his father, mm. uh, Papa Zach Juf, and his mm. mother, Mama Naomi Juf, right. they, you know, legendary mm. in this community and just period um, they you know were in the movie Roots and his father did a lot of music for Roots and they have been holding down the West African drumming and dancing in the Bay Area for a long time for years years <laughs> yeah. and he's also a great producer as well as a master djembe player and yeah. drummer he's a great producer and studio engineer and so working with him he's produced a lot of my music but his own music is great so having him on board and then also really extending that olive branch to our brothers in Nigeria who are here because there is a disconnect in the mm. black community of Africans that are here in America and Africans that are arriving in America. So I have my brother Ajala who is a great artist from Nigeria who is representing that Nigerian energy as well as uh, my brother STL who also is from Nigeria representing that Nigerian energy. So it's really a chance for us to come together for us to really uh, get our minds fed and just get our purposes as artists clarified especially through what Professor Griff is bringing because he always brings it I'm trying to get as many artists in the community in the Bay as possible mm -hmm. to be there to really get our purpose re resharpened and mm -hmm. our, our swords resharpened because it is a crucial time and this underground thing that we're on we need to find a way to bring the underground to the overground mm -hmm. so that's really a big part of this and just really um i found especially in the bay area that with a lot of cultural things especially some of our, our greatest black cultural things they are kind of fetishized and taken as like um something that people can just enjoy and then go back to their lives and and live you know happily ever after and they just went to some african thing and enjoyed that so looking at like what's kind of happened with reggae music in california whereas you know bob marley was really big out here and reggae was really big and a lot of black people liked it but now when you go to most reggae festivals most of the bands are white wow. most of the crowd is white most of the people, they're singing about our oppression. They're singing about things that relate to us. They're representing things that came from our struggle, but we're not benefiting from that. Mm -hmm. Most of those first generation 
Rastafarian reggae bands that really brought the culture, that really taught people about the benefits of marijuana. They're not benefiting from all those things. Mm-hmm. And so I see a similar trend starting to happen with Afrobeat and especially with Fela Kuti's legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, there are some bands that come out here and, and that are out here that call themselves Afrobeat bands and are doing, you know, Fela tribute shows and they don't have any black members. They may have one or two black members and 15 or 16 non-black members. And they'll have parties and they're, you know, supposedly celebrating Fela, but it's it's in a way that is not representing who we are. And then most of our people are not being fed this information. Most of our people are now going to things that aren't benefiting us right, we're right. going to think that are distracting us and so that mm. is my you know that was a driver in my heart that i said i can't let this happen on my watch i'm gonna do even if it's just one event this year i'm gonna do this to right. really make my mark on the scene and to you know when it's all said and done I, my conscience could be clear that i i did represent for the home team right well i suggest to folks if you're just getting out to one event this year that this be the one event you check out <laughs> melanated music is the weapon of the future you know um i had a conversation with m1 once and we were talking about dead press and how right. how they came to be and he was telling me that you know he was actually an activist he wasn't you know, trying to be an MC at first. He was an activist, right. but <laughs> right. Right. felt that he could reach the masses more through music. Right. Um, I see you right. in agreement with that. Is that how you got into it? Yeah, I always tell people it shows me. I didn't choose it. Mm-hmm. I was already into activism, already had to study groups, already had the martial arts classes. Yeah, it was already there, always already doing work in the community. Um, so when we decided to put the music together. I mean, when hip-hop came along, I was a DJ. Just, you know, going to the parties. But what we would do uh, when I first formulated Unity Force, which which morphed into the S1Ws of Public Enemy, um, we used to come, not necessarily crash the party. We did kind of get in free. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Who gonna check? Right? So we used to come in and just ask him, could we speak for a few minutes on the mic? You understand what I'm saying? Next time I need to go to a party, I'm coming with you. (laughs) (laughs) But we used to to say a little bit over the mic and just, you know, about 15, 20 minutes and let them go back uh, to partying. But I always say it shows me. But there was something that... I wanted to say about this whole idea of the subtitle is the weapon of the future. What is the future going to look like that we would need to use music as a weapon? Hmm. If we ever think forward and say, okay, are we going to need weapons in the future? Do we have to take this beautiful thing called music and use it and craft it in such our songs in such a way where we have to use this um, uh, as public enemy as we as we put it uh, in the song, My Uzi Ways a Ton. Um, of course, the gun represented your mouthpiece, but the bullets are the words you speak. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So in the future, um, do we have to take and do the, the Fela Kuti remix on some of his songs to use the music as a weapon to defend ourselves and to defend the culture? I definitely think so. I mean, I think of, you know, our ancestors and just what they call the Negro spirituals. That was like the first known weapons that we had. You know, and it it's music. I feel is being used as a weapon against us. Right, right, right now. Like so much, especially as I'm working with the youth in high schools, and I'm really like 
hearing what they're playing on their phones. I'm hearing how they're interacting with each other, yeah. with social media, with just the little one minute sound bites that get wrapped in people's minds. We have to have some defenses against that. And yeah. we have to shield ourselves. Like, I feel like music is our shield. And I feel like that got figured out once hip-hop really blew up. And also, now that Fela's legacy has had almost like a a resurgence with the play, and with people sampling and stuff more. And I don't know if you all saw uh, everyone's favorite rapper right now, Kanye West. He just made a video talking about how he is Fela Kuti, he is Bob Marley, and he's the greatest recording artist living ever. And Fela's son, Shayun, had to come out and, you know, on behalf of the Cootie family, we don't know nothing wow. against the, you know. Well, so, no, Shayun doesn't hold back. No, Shayun does not <laughs> hold back at all, at wow. all. So I, so it's a big thing. And, and there is something coming where Afrobeats, which that's the term really that's Afro pop. So a lot of African popular music. It is the next big thing on the scene. Mm. And most of those Afro beats artists, such as people like Wizkid, Davido, Tiwa Savage, Yemi Holiday, all of these artists, they pride themselves. They kind of stand on Fela's shoulders right, in a right. way to associate themselves with that popularity. But their lyrical content, what they represent, what they really mm. are about is nothing to do with that. Mm. So there's a huge co-opting of that legacy. And so if you have people like Kanye West, which we already know the direction he going in. I know you can say wow. a lot about him. Him mm. making a video. It was one video he made just two days ago where he's jamming the Afro beats and he's like, wow, this is so amazing. The next video he's talking about, he is the he is the reincarnation of Fela Kuti and Bob Marley and playing that music. It's influencing this whole mass of people who, this is the first time they're hearing of Fela. Mm -hmm. So they're going to now associate right. everything that he stood for and fought for with somebody like Kanye West, mm. who I, I mean, I have my opinions, but, you know, mm. we can see what he's standing for and not standing for right now. So it is very dangerous if we don't take a stand and really direct this energy is going to get directed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that brings to mind, again, the lecture, the state of the game. The game today also includes social media. Of course. You yes. know, um, and people can choose to ignore it. Or, you know, there's some people who get deep into it. I mean, their lives are waking up, getting on that social media in the morning, you know, and not leaving home until they've, you know. But it's something that has to be paid attention to, to a degree. How much attention do you think, um, how much attention do we pay to it? How much attention should we be paying to it? Because... There is a generation coming up now where they're not hearing the music that we heard. They're not hearing it the way we heard it. They don't have that right. black vinyl, you know. They don't. They don't even have CDs or, or now the digital things. You know, their their whole, um, their whole source of information is through social media. So, we as an older generation, how should we be paying attention to this, and how much should we be paying attention to it? As much attention as it's paying to us, and manipulating and controlling our everyday um, thinking um, deeper than that our everyday feeling and how we feel about ourselves you understand what I'm saying um, when you start talking about the whole idea 
There were some numbers that you gave me the other day, yesterday, about the part of the uh, the new upgrade for your phone was there was a, uh, a part of the, uh, the service that you got. is the fact that it lets you know how long you've been on your phone. Um, and, and just to kind of go back, you know, on a Sunday when everything is kind of quiet, midday, and you look at how long did I spend on my phone this week? If you're looking at that and it's like 20, 30, 40, 50 hours... Ooh. That's a long time. Dang. Who was the person that just died? Microsoft. This gentleman that just passed away at Microsoft. And uh, you kind of figure, you know, my wife was telling me, they're around this stuff all day, every day. It has to affect you physically. Mm-hmm. You know about Steve Jobs? No, mm-hmm. not Jobs. It's, uh, the co-founder of Microsoft. Microsoft. Paul Allen. Paul Allen. Mm-hmm. Right. They're around this stuff every day. Steve Jobs admitted and said he don't even let his children go up on social media and use some of the same products and technology that he made. You won't let your life. children do it. What, what, what is that saying for everyone else's children? Right. You understand what I'm saying? So we do have to pay attention to it. Um, not only for our children's sake and our sake, our children's sake, but our children's children's future. Because we need to start thinking now how was our children's children going to interact with one another via this thing called social social media? Social media is dictating. I remember some time ago, I put it in my lecture when they first created this whole idea on Facebook, uh, the timeline. Mm-hmm. People are putting things on the timeline that's actual events and it's keeping a track of your emotions. Mm-hmm. And then... No, I'm serious. You, you you make a you bake a cake one day and you put nothing up it. You went to a party right, and you right, yeah, connected with you mean, yeah. your, your <laughs> grandmother's auntie that day, and you right. you understand what I'm saying? So it's keeping track. So now they they got this other thing now on Facebook. It sends you your memories on what you did two years ago. Right. They be coming up too. I'm you like, understand oh, what that was me. <laughs> It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked like that two years ago. <laughs> right, that's right, what I, I was going to say. Wow, well, I, I was that thin. I, you know, I was. Well, right, I had right. that on that night. You know, so we have to be mindful um, of these things, and it brings me back to the whole idea of metaphysics. When we start talking about the Akashic records, and there is that place, so to speak, that's keeping track and keeping record of everything that we're doing now with social media, everything that we're thinking and everything that we're feeling. Mm-hmm. So now when you go to the average funeral, it's like, here lies brother so-and-so, whatever, whatever, whatever. And you no longer have to go to the family members to sit and talk to them to see what kind of brother this was. Mm-hmm. You can go right to fa- social media. <laughs> right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, right. They give um, you all that choice of all the exactly. happy, sad, I love this, I don't, you... With the, with the whole idea of the new hieroglyphs, which I'm going to go over this weekend, which are the emojis. Mm. When you start talking about symbolic thought, you understand what I'm saying? We chiseled it in stone. Now, you get a hold of some emojis. They got all kind of emojis now. Do you understand what I'm saying? That, that, and when one symbol can reflect in whole attitude and feeling of what you're going through at that particular moment. Indeed. That's the voice of our guest, Professor Griff, in-house with Sister Amina. And you can catch them along with a host of others, ex-The Afro Divas, Madiu Gioff, mm-hmm. 
Ajala, Ogolano Music, and so much more. Davy D will be there, DJ Fifth Ward. Melanated Music is the weapon of the future, the name of the night, and that's happening at the Uptown Nightclub, 1928 Telegraph Avenue in Okanda. Um, Sister Amina, first I want to say... <laughs> Does that make it clear? Does that make it clear? <laughs> I want to say thanks to you and the folks for of, of E360 West for bringing this all together. And uh, a big thanks for making sure that this happened tonight, sister. My pleasure. I can't do it without the support of the community. So definitely appreciate you having us on, Sister Janine, Chocolate Octaves. Thank right, you so right. much for hooking it up. And just everybody. Look at these dope names. Chocolate Octave. What the <laughs> heck? Like, hey, we in the bay, man. We in the bay. <laughs> wow. And, and uh, Professor Griff, man. I hope that we get to see and, and talk with you here a lot more often, man, because. Um, you know, I've appreciated your work over the years, not mm-hmm. only as a musician, but for, as I said at the, at the beginning, what you do um, educationally and with your lectures and just the conversation we've had tonight. I wish I had time for this to go longer, oh, hey. man, but I'm looking forward to talking to you oh, again. Give thanks. I really appreciate that. Transitions on Traditions at Listener Supported KPFA. Thank you all for listening in. We're going to close out tonight continuing our celebration of Fela with uh, one of his well-known works. This is for um, our brothers and sisters out in Flint, Michigan, our brothers and sisters in Puerto Rico, those of us around the world who need water and are having trouble getting to it or having trouble having it get to you. Be back next week at Listener Supported KPFA.